Welcome to Embracing the Journey, a program focused on the freedom that comes from being able to talk about death. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank. Our topic today is grief. With us is Susan Canavan, Bereavement and Community Services Coordinator for Hospice of the Foothills, and Viv Tipton, mother, daughter, sister, and executive director for Hospice of the Foothills. Welcome, Susan and Viv. Thank you. Nice to be talking with you, Lori. That was Viv and Susan. It's good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. It's good to be here. Well, I wanted to, to start off, Susan, with you and, and have you tell the listeners what do you do as a bereavement and community services coordinator for hospice? Well, I would say that initially and essentially it's it's education that we do um, in terms of normalizing and helping people to understand that grief is real. Um, it has a nature, it has qualities and characteristics. Um, I think culturally it's fairly hidden. I think I often talk to people who wonder if what's happening to them is normal, when it's going to stop. Um, I also think in terms of culturally, we expect people to snap out of it in a couple of days. Um, so I think we spend a lot of time trying to help people understand what they're going through. Um, secondarily, to create supportive spaces for people um, where they can support each other in grief and in, in the process, whatever that looks like, um, and, and to keep people company in that process. So we have groups, we do some outreach, and we, um, I think, continue to look at where we can be of service in the community. Thanks, Susan. Viv, as the executive director of Hospice of the Foothills, I've heard you describe your job as a dream job. Why is that? Well, it's uh, as I was listening to the intro and you talked about freedom, right? Um, I think this role affords me incredible freedom to be who I am. There's three things that are really important to me as far as work. Um, and that is that it be challenging, that it be interactive, and that it be very meaningful. And for whatever reason, my journey on this earth, I've, I've had a lot of experience with death. And I've also been drawn to the, um, the consequences of that. And as a small child, having a friend of the family who worked for hospice, I remember thinking to myself, wow, that's an important need out there. Because I looked at our family system, and we certainly didn't talk about it. So when an opportunity to have a role that is so complex. There's so many different pieces of it around end of life, supporting the people who are out there face-to-face -face with our patients, families, and our community. Um, it just is the perfect combination um, for this woman in this world. And, you know, listening to Oprah say time and time again that we need to live our best life, I kind of believed her. And so... Um, you know, I, I landed here um, and it's the perfect role for me. Well, that's great to hear, Jeff. And Susan, I know your, your focus is really about the grief that, that comes up uh, in families' lives. And does grief show up more during the holidays? And if it does, why do you think that is? Yeah, I, I think it definitely is intensified. Um, 
I think we traditionally consider the holidays like the most wonderful time of the year. You know, we have that song from Andy Williams. It starts before Thanksgiving and it creeps up on you. Um, but I think that it's a time of, of nostalgia also. And I think especially for people who are newly bereaved, it's, it's like uncharted territory where the slightest memory can actually just trigger an onslaught of memories and, and sorrow and empty places. And, um, and so I think that's really intense. And then additionally, I think for a lot of folks, there's pressure to not be grieving. You know, you've got roles that you play in your family and in your life and in your world, and people are kind of wanting you to snap out of it for the holidays or figure out how to feel better and do it because, because you know, you've got this obligation and that. And you may internalize that. You may feel that too. Um, and I think all of that is just incredibly difficult, particularly if you're fighting um, the reality that that grief is is very disruptive. It it steps in and takes over and mucks up everything for a while. So yeah, I think I think the holidays are most especially challenging, particularly the first year or two. Yeah. Well, Viv, I started off introducing you as a, a mother, a sister, a daughter. Uh, you've been very open about sharing some really big losses in your life. W would you tell us about some of your family losses? Um, absolutely. And um, as as I you know share some of this, I want to share with the listeners that um, I'm speaking as Viv Tipton now, Viv Tipton, mother, daughter, and sister, as opposed to Hospice of the Foothills um, Executive Director, because some of, most of what I'm gonna talk about is my experience. Um, so uh, 16 years ago, almost um, in early January, um, my son died, uh, my 21 year old son died of a multi-drug overdose. And I was on the other side of the Caribbean on a cruise and every fear I had as a mother came to, to real life. Um, I got a call in the middle of the night. I couldn't get to my other children and a child had died. I literally could not dress myself. I would consider myself a pretty high functioning human being and everything I knew changed in one phone call in one second. And um, my husband literally tied me with a piece of string from his belt loop to mine as we made it back to California from airport to airport because I would wander off trying to get to a phone to call my, my surviving children. And um, I, I had no point of reference for what my body was going through. Um, a, a complex thought, it didn't come back to me for probably a couple of months. So um, I, I had some huge epiphanies during that time. Um, one of which was um, I was going to forgive myself and allow myself the freedom, again, that word that you used, Lori, to navigate through this completely uncharted world. And I was going to get tools. It's how I'm wired. I read books. I signed up for a class on death and dying at Sierra College. Um, I did not understand what was happening to me physically, um, that I couldn't remember things that I would freak out 
if I saw all my, my surviving children together, um, because Joe was missing my son, um, his name is Joe. And, um, I didn't know how to be whole in that time. And, um, it, 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 I tell people often it changed me viscerally. I, I feel like every cell is different now. Um, there are gifts that I believe I have an understanding and a compassion I have now that um, was inaccessible before. I think we all have the capacity for it. Um, I learned, I'm, I'm very grateful because I think it's how I'm wired. Um, all I could see was love coming at me. So many people trying to, um, in their language, ease my pain. And that language is very different. Some people, it comes in religious quotes. Um, I remember going, when I got went back to work, the men at the hospital, I worked at the hospital at that time, and um, they fixed all my stuff, you know? They couldn't really come and hug me. They didn't know how to, how to cross that, that barrier. So, so they showed me different ways that they loved me. Um, so, uh, that that was my son, and that was my introduction. And I just want to let our listeners know that they're listening to Embracing the Journey on KBMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and my guests are Susan Canavan, Bereavement and Community Services Coordinator for Hospice of the Foothills, and Viv Tipton, mother, daughter, sister, and executive director of Hospice of the Foothills. And Viv, I know you've had more losses. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so. Um, about six or seven years after my son had passed, my son, Joe, my brother, Joe, who my son was named after um, at, at 49, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And um, uh, my brother and I, very close. Um, we were very close, um, best friends as children growing up. And I became kind of his, his medical buddy you know, chemo and radiation and all that. And um, there came a day about a year in when he looked at me and he's like, uh, I'm done. I'm done with radiation. I'm done with chemo. And he was extremely fit man. Um, literally extreme athlete, you know, hiking up mountains and skiing down the backside. Um, and I remember thinking and even have a conversation with my older son about it, that um, we knew he was going to pass from the disease, but, but we've been through this before. We can help the rest of the family because we understand this. We understand this grief thing um, and, and consciously preparing myself for it. Um, but actually, you know, um, it hit just as hard, just in very different ways. And I had an entire family to share it and prepare for it. Um, and he died about 21 months into uh, after his diagnosis of pancreatic cancer. And um, his, his, the grief I felt with him was, was very different. It was not as intense. I, I think there is a big difference between that sudden and when it's anticipatory. Um, but our, our ability to try and run and hide from it is astonishing. I, th I, I thought, oh no, you got this, you got this. And there were many things I was doing to protect myself from it. 
And um, I shared in the article, I, I ran a marathon. I trained with him in my mind. He was a runner. So I was going to run to honor him. And I really, I got to where it was hard. I think it was mile 20. And I dug deep for him, for his support and the anger, the anger I felt, which is not an emotion that I like to touch very often. Um, it hit me like a ton of bricks, how mad I was at him. And in those last 6.2 miles, I got to process anger and guilt at being anger, angry at him for leaving me here and all those things. Um, and then go, oh, okay, it's just a, that's just another piece of, of, of the sadness and of how grief presents in our life. And then the third large loss for me was my father about four years ago. Um, he was diagnosed also with pancreatic cancer and, um, an 84 year old man who he was, he was ready. He, he, he said he was done. And I remember, you know, there was a couple of suggestions for treatments and he's like, you know, Vivi, he goes, I've lived a good life. And, um, he was able to come on hospice, our hospice while I was training. Um, he was diagnosed literally five days after I took this role and, um, he, I got to walk through it with him and, um, I remember feeling that anxiety, like, I don't know that I can do this again. I don't know if I can lose another person and making a conscious decision that I'm going to cry in the mornings and then I'm going to set it over to the side because I want to be here fully for him. And um, I'm just going to call him out. Lisa Fletcher, the social worker here, um, allowed my dad and our family to have the best last month of his life that we possibly could. Svenja made sure that she checked in with him about his 49ers before she even talked about his health um, because that's what mattered to him. And um, we got to walk together um, as he um, left this, this plane. So uh, I've, uh, and again with him as well, I thought I was good. And then um, it continues, you know, as the tears run down my face right now, it brings them present, present into my life. Um, but I feel the love so immensely. And, and I honestly believe it's because I have chosen to feel my grief and to walk through it. That is such a good, good point, Viv. And, and I'm so sorry for those huge losses in your life. Susan, can you speak to how grief may show up differently? I, I mean, Viv, just one person has, has told us that it doesn't look the same. Is, is that what you find in your work? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I we're all each so different, right? Our stories are so different. Our relationships with the important people in our lives and 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 there too, coping with and and even digesting loss looks very different. I think Viv did an amazing job of describing like an entire myriad of things that people can and often do experience. Um, and in different stages of grief, I, I also think it's, it's a little, it's a little bit like riding the waves, but we know that, you know, some of us sleep a lot. Some of us don't sleep at all. Some of us eat a lot. Some of us forget to eat completely. 
Um, some of us can't concentrate. Some of us are so productive. Um, it, it just, it's as individual as the person and I, there is no one way. There's certainly no right way, that's for sure. Um, but it looks different. It can look very different depending on, on who the person is at any given point. And I do appreciate, um, first of all, the braveness, the courage um, that Viv shares with us, but, but this walking, walking through, running through that marathon, you know, through all of these levels of things and coming to this anger place and then running through that. And I, I think that's a really amazing metaphor for what the process is like. Um, you can run, you can walk, you can kind of nap through it. I mean, we all come at it differently, but um, yeah, I, I think you will end up in places that you don't see coming sometimes. Um, and unfortunately, it's just not a one size fits all. And so no one can really tell you. Um, I think the best we can do is keep each other company and reassure people that it's okay. Whatever your way is, it is okay. It, is grief always about emotions or does it show up in physical ways sometimes? Oh boy, that's such a such an important question. Um, I I think it's mind, body, and soul. And it's, it's profound, it's trauma. Um, and we know that you will feel this on every level. I mean, I think what we were just talking about in terms of being able to concentrate or focus, um, the appetite, um, I think sleeping, I think too that people really can drift away from self-care, just get kind of disconnected and therefore not eat properly or drink or rest or, or move their bodies. Um, and that can also lead to some physical difficulties. I, I don't, I don't think it's just an emotional thing. I mean, we are we are traumatized in loss and we feel it everywhere. Did you want to speak to that, Viv? I do. You know, we're so, uh, I, I always thought it was an interesting thing when we separate mind and body because we, we are one organism. And I know probably, I want to say it was nine or 10 months after my son, Joseph, had passed away. Um, I was feeling clearer, you know, I'm back at work, I'm taking classes and I was having these stomach cramps, you know, like a cramp in your leg, but it was in my stomach. And I went to the doctor. I'm like, but I'm feeling so much better, you know, because I, it was, my head was feeling so much better. And she's like, it, it's just in a different place in your body. It's just in, and, and that was so uh, it hit home so accurately for me um, because we are ex or I'm an expert at running through stuff, but I'm an expert at trying to hide, you know, and those who know me well know how to dig and look. And, and so that was a big aha. And then she's like, there's still, you're not done yet. You know, cause I'm a, Oh, I'm a, I, I achieved the goal. Right. I, I can, I can speak in complex sentences again. I'm good. And it's, it's, you know, our, our bodies let us know that we still need the rest, that we still need um, the care and that little bit of extra. Um, and, and, and to find ways if we're, if we're lucky, we'll find ways to surround ourselves with that little extra. Well, it what happens if we're just afraid to grieve and we just refuse to grieve? And I'll open that up to either one of you. It's, it's definitely a strategy. <laughs> 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 but 
but we we know that you know you you can't outrun it and i know that um because I've, I've posed this question in grief groups um because i went to a lot after my son um and then even now after my father because there's people we know that really continue to struggle years later to get their joy back um because in the beginning it, in all honesty there there wasn't joy right so you look for those sparks of joy and and for me they have come back and i wonder often why 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 did i get to have them come back because i would see my life i i have a good full joyful complex life um and i know i have friends that um have not been able to come back from significant losses and i really do believe that it's that that committing committing to the road and that tumble of the wave when you're just getting knocked around and sands in everywhere um and and letting go and letting yourself feel that and trusting that you're going to land on the sand eventually do you want to add to that susan i i don't think there's much to add to that i think that says it really perfectly it does say it very well uh, and what if do do people have grief even if they haven't lost a, a close friend or a family member? Can people be grieving for other reasons? I absolutely, absolutely. I I think um, you know we have collective grief sometimes. I mean, certainly in recent years, um, and it's profound and it's powerful and it 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 affects us in in the you know, the very same ways that an individual and personal loss can. Um, and I, I think about it in terms of trauma, right? Yeah. Um, it's assaultive, unexpected, it's shocking, and all of all of those things um, take place, right? I mean, I can, I can name them, but it seems brutal <laughs> to name them. Um, but we can think of many things that have happened around us in recent years that are just gut-wrenching. And we'll feel around that. And we may not necessarily connect what we're feeling to these events because they're not really, it didn't happen to me, it didn't happen to my family, but in truth, we are deeply connected and we will feel those things, right? And we will grieve, we will grieve those things. I think also well, in senior care, Lori, um, our, our abilities, our capacities, our, you know, um, when my dad wasn't no longer able to play tennis, which happened long before, long before his diagnosis and um and seeing him grieve that the ability to drive a car um our autonomy um you know it it sounds trite but it absolutely is not when our knees go and and we can't run or or we can't hear i i i think i i think grief is part as part of our life as love as fear as joy as all those things it's you know when we no longer work there's so when we move to a new home all those things well is there anything good about grieving oh i think it brings us together i think it's part of our connective tissue um i have to know that there's something good about it or it's too hard to understand um 
So for me, it, it connects us just like joys do, right? You know, why do people like to watch scary movies? Because they sit in the theater and they're all scared together. That's not my cup of tea. <laughs> it's connection though. And, and grief brings us together. It's, it's part of the human condition. Oh, that's what I think, you know? Yeah. I think there's truth there. I, I, I think it can help us to feel compassion more easily for one another. And I, yeah, and also just to admire the bravery of one another, because that's, that's where I go. It's like just how amazing we are. Well, if there are listeners that are experiencing grief, are, are there places that they can get support? Yes, most definitely. And, and we are certainly one of those places. Um, so we do have support groups. We have three um, and an additional one for parents who've lost children. Um, we, because of COVID, we have in-person, we have hybrid, and we do have one meeting that is uh, completely um, Zoom remote. Um, but we're, we also can refer people to things that might fit their needs better. Um, there are programs, there are therapists, there are spiritual communities that I was reading about recently. I couldn't find one in our area, but there may be some that are remote. Like they have blue Christmases for people who are grieving, which I thought was so awesome. Um, but there are communities that will run special programs during the holidays to support people um, in grief. There are books. I, I'm like Viv, I will go to a book. I will find that voice somewhere if I need something. So there, there are many places, but we, we are here. And if we don't have what you need or you try, and you may have to try different things. That's the other sort of good news and bad news that again, not everything works for everybody, but we'll help you find the thing that works for you. And so how would people contact you at Hospice of the Foothills? Um, they will call us and I think you And that does start with a 530. Yes. yes. So could you yes. say that one more time, Viv? 530-272-5739. So that is a good starting point because um, a question for me is, does everyone need to join a group to process their grief? And it sounds like you just said um, there are so many ways, and but you they could still call you. Absolutely. And, and you could guide them to what would fit best for them at this yes. point. And sometimes we recommend trying, trying something a time or two to, to see if it's a match. Um, but groups definitely are not for everybody and that's okay. Well, we are coming to the end of this and I wanted to ask you both what you'd like to have listeners take away from this program. So in maybe a little less than a minute, um, Viv, what would you like listeners to take away from this program? Um, always to know that you're not alone, to be curious about it. Uh, that's a place to start um, and to find tools that work for you. And I'm just going to go back real quick to be curious. That means if all of a sudden your heart's beating fast, sit still and go, oh, my heart's beating fast. I wonder what's going on. Um, sometimes that's just enough to help you get there and um, to know that there's an amazing amount of love out there and to feel it. Now's the time to feel it. Thanks, Viv. And, and Susan, what about you? What do you want listeners to take away? Um, definitely to be encouraged and to keep our phone number because um, we are here. Well, I'm Lori Burkhart Frank. I've been talking with Susan Canavan, Bereavement and Community Services Coordinator for Hospice at the Foothills, and Viv Tipton, 
a mother, daughter, sister, and executive director for Hospice of the Foothills. Thank you, Viv. Thank you, Susan, for being here today. Really appreciate talking to you about grief. Thanks, Lori. Thank you. You can tune in and listen to Embracing the Journey the fourth Tuesday of each month at 6.30 p.m. Thank you to our engineers, Ralph Henson and Jeff Wright, and to Jeff Wright for our theme music.